0: Talking about 2017, going to look at a couple of things uh, uh, that happened last year, sort of a year in review that kind of a thing, and, and, and uh, I, I sometimes, and, and uh, I hope you don't view this as like a business meeting, that kind of a thing, and if you're a guest here at Joy, this is either the best Sunday or the worst Sunday to be here, I haven't decided yet which one, because you're going to hear some things about us as a church that, that, um, uh, you know, that, that represent a healthy church, but it, it isn't really a great reflection of what we maybe do on a Sunday morning, although there, there definitely are some pieces and, and that, but I, I want to start kind of with a question, and I don't know how many, not really a question, but an observation, I think would be a better word to say, perhaps, and that is for myself personally I watched part of uh, the the State of the Union address that President Trump gave and and I, t- I typically pay attention to them, I watch them, and I still am convinced that um, you know there's like four or five different state of the Union addresses that have just been handed from one president to the next president, and it's kind of a lot of the same thing, big picture stuff, tweaked a little bit, and and, and sort of brought up to date, and and as you may have heard, President Trump's uh, speech was the third longest uh, er inauguration. a State of the Union address, and so I think that he probably took one from maybe one that Bill Clinton had passed down, because Bill Clinton, pre- former President Clinton, he, his, t- the, 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 the longest and the second longest were both his, so regardless of, regardless of what you think about whoever gives the State of the Union address, and what I kind of like to do is, is I'll bounce between news channels after after the State of the Union address because I'm continually amazed when, when people begin the dialogue, when they begin to dissect the things that were said, I'm shocked and amazed, and yet I shouldn't be because it reveals something that's true of all of us. It, 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 but, but man, I was listening to one station, man, it was, it was awesome. He hit it out of the park. He hit every note. It was great. Another channel, it was like, man, it was, it was sad and it was defeatist and it was scary and it was dark. And another one tried to maybe be objective and sort of give both sides. But it clarifies for me something that is a danger for all of us and that danger is that we tend to look through life and we look at stuff through filters and we see what we expect to see we see what we want to see and this is a lot easier to see in other people than it is in ourselves we can see a, we see things clearly i can see clearly now cuz i am me And I'm right, right? I mean, we we always see things the way we think they are, but a lot of times we don't. We're we're looking through a filter, and 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 filters. We we all look through life at filter through look at life through filters. We look at our circumstance through filters, and I do that. You do that. I have a tendency to do that about joy, this church, and 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 the church that I'm privileged to pastor. I kind of look at this church through the filter many times of of the immediate, what's happening, what's going on, you know, what's now, what's next. What, a lot of times I'm looking through the filter of what should be fixed. Once in a while I look through the filter of I quit. <laughs> Once in a while, very rarely in 26 years if I wanted to quit in the middle of a message but it has happened. I mean, on a Sunday, it was like, God, you didn't want to be here. These people don't want to be here. I, I, who am I to fight against all those people and you? I quit. I don't even want to be here either. So, and that's only happened about three or four times in the last month. But uh, no, no. Uh, no. That that sometimes happens. But, but I have a tendency to look at Joy Christian Center through a filter, and I suspect that you do too. Because we all do. You probably view Joy Christian Center through the service, and we're creatures of habit. You... View Joy Christian Center through the filter of, of, of the service that you attend. Most of you are second service people. I will let some of you in. Some of you don't know this, but we actually have a first service. What? Yeah, we do. It's at 9 o'clock. People actually come. They show up at 9 o'clock. It's like, wow. Exactly. Some show up at 9.15, but that's we like it regardless of when they get here. We're, we're, we're ready for them when, whenever they arrive. And that's the thing. We tend to view church... At the moment we arrive at it, this is what church is. And so if you look through the filter of a second service on Sunday morning, you have one view of a joy that somebody else may not. If you don't have children, you probably never go on the other side of the building. But if you have children, you... In fact, sometimes, you know, because you're over there, sometimes those that have children never make it back over here. (laughs) Because they they get over there, drop the kids off, start talking, have a cup of coffee, and it's like, oh, man, you know, Pastor Brian's up there talking already. It's going to be embarrassing. If I go in there now, I'll just watch it out in the lobby on the TV screen kind of a thing. And and, and I know some of you better than maybe you think I do. And so, uh, uh, and uh, you think that I'm watching, you think you're watching me, but technically I'm also watching you because those screens work both ways. And I can tell, no, I'm just kidding. They don't just want you to think a little bit. But my point simply is that we view joy through the filter of, of our experience in joy, and that's, we all do that, and, and, and it's a part of life, but but the, the bad part is that it becomes really, there's a lot of tunnel vision, and I, we, we don't fully grasp everything that goes on, and, and, and that's one of the things that I want to sort of, one of the reasons that we do this particular service every year, it is just a, a way to help us raise our eyes just a little bit and, and look and see perhaps some things. In the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 29 of verse uh, 18, and I want to read this from the message. It says, If people can't see what God is doing, and that's really partly of, part of what my job is. My job is to help you see what God is doing. But notice, and, and, and you're familiar with it from maybe King James Version or New King James Version, and it says, Without a vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And so it says it like this If people can't see what God is doing, then they will stumble all over themselves. But, ever say, but, But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most what? When do you get blessed? When you see what God is doing, or when you attend to what he's doing? When you attend to when you see what he's doing, and then your actions line up with the things he's doing. When you attend to it, when you pay attention to it, when you engage in it, that's when the blessing comes. And as a pastor, that's what I want for you. I want you to be blessed because you're the church. And if you, the church, are blessed, this local congregation is blessed. But the blessing doesn't come unless you see what God's doing and then attend to it. And so that's a little bit of what today is about, and, 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 and uh, we've pr- provided this little thing. Many of you got this when you came in. This is just a little year in review. If you did not get one of these, would you just hold your hand up? I'd like for everybody to have one. I think we should have enough, but just hold your hand up real high, and uh, just, just make sure we get one. Connections team, or Dream Teamers will come and bring you to that, and, and while they're doing that, let me just tell you, there's a lot of things that go on. We've been at this for a little over 26 years now. That's a long time. Even if you weren't a dog, it's still a long time, and I feel a lot of those years, I'm telling you right now. But there's a lot of stuff that's happened over 26 years, and similarly, there's a lot of things that have gone on over the year of 2017, and it is impossible for me to stand up here and to tell you everything that happened this last year, and the facts, the figures, the numbers, the statements that you read on that little piece of paper is a reflection of this last year. You know, we we're in the process of purchasing seven acres of land. I, I I don't have the I don't have the time to tell you the whole story. That would take twenty twenty minutes to do that. We've got a beautiful sign out here that that a family helped to to, to fund, and and don't have time to go into all of that story. But there's there's story after story after story of things that have happened there. You know, we've got you know almost 40 people that have become members of the dream team and are 200, 199 in, in 2017 that completed all four steps of the growth track through through the inception of it. And, and, and I hope you understand that the growth track's not just four boxes to check okay I did that what's next sort of a thing but you're discovering gifts and talents and 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 using those in productive service in the kingdom of God I'm excited about the number of people that that were involved in small groups that's the circles of joy and 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 all of those are 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 important and they 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 paint a picture and so we're going to give you kind of a 30,000 foot view of Joy Christian Center I want to start with just a a quick little two-minute video this is a year in review two-minute style let's take it away yeah mm-hmm. God bless you. Thank you. Joy Christian Center, you guys rock. Hallelujah. And I'm blessed to be able to call this place my church. And I love to tell other pastors, I pastor the greatest church ever. Praise God, Amen, Amen. That's a good opportunity for you all to say Amen. Uh, a couple of things, Amen. A couple of things that I want to share with you very quickly because a lot of people are curious about and want to know about the money. Show me the money. Show me the money, honey. Kind of a thing, and and so I, I don't do this to brag, and I don't know what you think, and I don't have a lot of experience outside of this church, but uh, you know we are a healthy church, and I want you to know that. I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. And and we're not a healthy church because we're so awesome. Uh, uh, We're not fortunate. We don't have, uh, we're fortunate in one sense, but it's not just because we're lucky or, or whatever it is. It's because you and I and we have been able to and willing to respond to God. It really, really is. And I say this often, I don't want you to lose sight of it that this church is 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 not backed by an organization. It's not backed by a denomination. There's not one or two really rich people that give money to this church. This church is a result of we. It's a result of us. It's, it, it really, really, really is. And you need to hear that. You need to understand that. But a couple of numbers that, that I just want to give to you uh, uh, is this um, our tithes and offerings? That's just money received on you know general collection, if you will. Uh, uh was just over a million dollars, one million and twenty four thousand dollars. This is the second year out of the last three that we broke that number. That had been a prayer point that I'm asking you to, to like you know, believe God with me. And you know, so we hit it two years ago, and then last year it was about nine hundred and forty thousand. It's like, whoa, what happened? And then this year, uh, it's actually the most that as a church we've ever taken in in our tithes and offering. And 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 so, th- give yourselves a hand. Praise God. Now you might think, well, that means I can quit giving. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. No. And, 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 uh, that's, that's not what that means. That means that, that I believe it means that we're generous. I believe it means that we love this church, and, and that's important. I think it's important. Our net expenses last year, $967,000, which means, you know, rocket science right here, this is tech high math at its best. That means that we spent less than we took in, which is always a good way to end the year. To have, have money left over at the end of the year, that is an awesome thing. And uh, I apparently didn't do good enough job. We should have made that a little bit closer. But uh, that means we just have a little bit more in savings. Um, another thing that I think is is interesting for you to know or important for you to know is there's three. When it comes to a budget, there's three goals that I kind of lay out. There's three things that that I sort of look at. Number one is what I would call hard costs. Hard costs, uh, and and that is the first goal that I have. It's it's eight hundred ninety two thousand dollars. You say, well, that's a lot of money. I say, it is a lot of money. It really, really is. That hard cost, and and we've gotten pretty good at projecting that because it doesn't change a lot, but that that is really, in essence, what it costs with all of our current Regular monthly expenses, that's about what it will cost in 2018 just to have church on, you know, through the week when we do Sunday morning and, you know, we have stuff that goes on that's paying salaries, that is all of like health insurance, building insurance, vehicle insurance, uh, um, that is, uh, uh, you know, our, last month our, our XL energy bill was just over $6,000, glory to God. And you know what we did? We paid it. You know in, in 26 years We've not ever missed a payment ever for anything We've paid every bill on time Praise God and that's because of you. Thank you so much. And, and, and we have a, a, about a $13,000 a month mortgage payment that we pay. And, 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 and you know, So that, that's $892,000 is, is our hard cost. We've set a budget this year of $1, 000, 000. a million dollars. It's the first time that we've ever set that amount. That, and, and that's $108,000. And that $108,000 is what we will use to do ministry with. Uh, uh, some of that money, Pastor Tim's going to buy curriculum, and he's buying snacks for kids. And, and he's going to pull off a tremendous vacation. Bible Adventure. Pastor Tommy feeds a bunch of teenagers on Wednesday night and does great youth ministry during the week. Uh, He's going to use some of that $108,000, our... our I, don't, I used to complain that our tech team, anytime anything broke, it was $1,000. I'm happy to tell you this morning it's not $1,000. It's now about $5,000. Every time something breaks, it's just, you know, glory to God. And, and, and that's an area that we always are, are, are pushing in and, and striving towards. You know, I, I mentioned that over a million dollars in tithe and offering, but 25% of that was given electronically this this last year. And, and man, it's just the way the world is working. It's just the way that, that society is moving. Uh, we... Do a pre-marriage class, and often I ask the question, "How many of you use a checkbook regularly?" And I have these young people looking at me like, "What is a checkbook?" <laughs> it's something that bounces. Yeah, exactly. I have this little piece of plastic that you know, kind of a thing. And 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 so, you know, we've we've tried to match, and it's the same thing with technology. And 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 there are some things that we look at, and and that we're looking towards uh, this year. We're we're wanting to, and this is my my next three my next. My third bubble, if you will, that I'm believing for, $892,000 is our hard cost, another $108,000 to do ministry with. But then my my, my bigger goal is, is $1,250,000. I'm believing God for that this year. I'm believing that God, and I've been saying that now for a couple of years, and ask you to join with me. Because if we as a church hit that number, first of all, you know what that means? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know what that means? That means that you got blessed. God's going to have to bless you because it's not coming anywhere from anywhere else. We we aren't making widgets and and, and we don't have great money making ideas. Uh, we're, again, you know, there's not a denomination or a bunch of people somewhere else that's giving money. This is what we as a church do. So if you're blessed we 're blessed and and, and that 's just the way that it works, but with that then uh, one of the things that 's on our radar that we want to accomplish this year is we need a security system uh, uh, the, those are that 's cameras and stuff we uh, next door they were just broken into again and we 've had a few little incidences over the years and and, and one of the, the first question do you have any sec- sec- you know any security video anything like that and it 's always you know kind of but not really and and uh, you know it 's as clear as Yep, that person did it. You know, that's about it. And uh, but there's not a lot of identifying, and so you you know that's around 7,500 between there and 10 grand, and and uh, beefing up our online stuff. Uh, there's a, a piece of equipment that we want to replace and and move it over to our streaming area to make that better. Uh, I'm amazed at the number. Of, last week I, I mentioned you, you you heard me mention this uh, um, that that. I'm sometimes envious of the people who get to sit at home and and, and I see... Ruth, where are you? There's Ruth. Ruth is one that benefits from our, she, she tells me often, thank you so much for the streaming, for streaming the service, because I get to participate in it, when I, in it when I can't make it to church, and there's a lot of people like that, but I mentioned, I'm a little bit envious when I know that somebody's sitting at home you know, and they're drinking a cup of coffee and they're watching, it's weird to me to think that, but but there's actually people doing it, and in between services, I got a text from Tom Stinson, who many of you would remember, he and Julia, their family attended our church for years and moved, and, 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 and so I get a text in between services, as if picture of him with a cup of coffee and he's going like this and there's me in the background preaching and I was like oh it's just so weird to think that but we want to upgrade a piece of equipment back there uh, um, it's, it's our sound board and, and that's about 10 years old and and here's what I know about anything related back there and I don't know much about it anymore but here's what I do know it never breaks on Wednesday it never poops out sometime convenient it will happen on a Sunday morning. And then on a Sunday morning, what's going to happen if that thing, when that thing goes out, not if, and I don't know, it's going to be an interesting Sunday, so we want to preempt that, and, and that's a 30000 $30,000, we could buy seven acres of land cheaper than a stupid thing back there, but anyway, hallelujah, <laughs> stuff just takes money, you all know that, right? Stuff takes money. And so with that one million over, we can do some of the things that we need to do. There's always stuff that needs to be fixed, always things that need to be repaired. There's always stuff. But I don't ever want to tie the giving to just you know, we got to fix something, or we got to do something, or, 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 you know, we got to keep the lights on. That is the lowest level of giving there is. I think that we give because we love God, and we love this church, and, and we want to be followers of Christ. And, and this next number is one that excites me because I think it reflects that. We do this thing called Joy to the World, and many of you know what it is, and it is amazing what forty nine ninety five can accomplish and what it can do. On December 4th, after talking about it, we received an offering, and that offering was a little over $25,000 Praise. God, give yourselves a hand. That's awesome. The number that's reflected on that little piece of paper that you have uh, uh, now at the end of the year, that 25 grew to 29, a little bit over. Today, at, or as of the end of the month of January, we're at uh, uh, $37,000. $37, you gave another $12,000 in the course of uh, like two months uh, uh, towards joy to the world. So give yourselves a hand. That, that's incredible. That's awesome. And 100% of that offering. 100% of that offering is going to go, I mean, it, it's used outside the church and, and we're gonna bless other churches and ministers and ministries. We're going to do some cool things. We're gonna continue to support Benton County Sheriff's uh, Office and Association and because and, and, we want them to know, we want people to know that, that we're, we don't have tunnel vision. It's not just about us here inside these four walls, but it is, it is our generosity. It is bringing joy to the world. That's, that's really what we wanna do. And I thank you for being willing to, to embrace that. vision, share with that, uh, share your life with that, and and be a part of that, And, and, and so there's a lot of numbers, a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but that's not really what's on my heart this morning. What's on my heart this morning is a question that I've been asking you for the last month. Number one, how many of you want to have a great 2018, and you should want to have a great 2018, but you should also take steps to identify what would that look like? If you would stand at the end of this year, December 31st, and look back over, you know, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and say, whew, man, we hit the ball out of the park, my family, my life, it's blessed, it's, it's better than I ever thought, and, 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 and what would that look like, what would the change be? Maybe it's a habit, an addiction. Maybe it's, it's taking steps of, of discipleship or repairing a relationship. I, I don't know what that is, but, but for you to identify a couple of things and say, this, is a, this has been a great year. Well, I, I've been challenged to do the same thing, only from the perspective of the filter. I look through a lot, and that's Joy Christian Center. What would it look like? What would December 31st, 2018 look like if Joy Christian Center had a great year? And I want to just be right up front. It, it, it is not in the numbers. It's it's really not. Numbers are important because you and I were all a part of those numbers. But it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. And so, my question is 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 what would it look like if 2018 was better? Uh, uh, you know, December would be better. What would change? What would look different? And 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 so I've been been kind of thinking about that and praying about that and and trying to ask that question. What would it look like? And and so. Before I can take that step back, I want to remind... All of us and, and this is part of the reason that, that we do growth track and it 's an important part for me I, uh, step two uh, I call it the why behind the what next week it 's all about connecting and, and, and what does it mean to connect with Joy Christian Center that kind of a thing and, and and I call it the why behind the what why do we do what we do why why are certain things important why don 't we do things that maybe other churches do and, and it 's the why behind the what and, and, and I encourage you to get involved in those steps of of growth track and so I think that it 's important though to understand understand there are a couple of things and for me what motivates me I have and I've said this a a, a lot and I want to remind you of it one more time because I think that while these are my three great goals they should be yours also. Uh, 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 Number one is I want to see people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior come to know him as Lord and Savior. I mean, that is my passion. This church and what we do on a Sunday morning reflects that. What we do on a Sunday morning uh, uh, reflects that desire to help people, not just know God in the sense of knowing facts and figures about God and history lessons. I, I, I want you to know him relationally. He sent his son Jesus to die so that you could do that. But that's not just, that. and and we had almost 300 people this year that said yes to Jesus. Almost 300 people that took that step of faith, they stepped across the line, and, and, and that's awesome. Thank God for that. But if you were one of those almost 300 people in 2017 that said yes to Jesus, I want you to know something. I want you to know that's not the end, that that's the first step of many steps. And my second great goal is I want to see people take that first step of faith, yes, make Jesus Lord of their life, Begin that journey, but I want to see him to continue to make steps. I want them to become followers of Christ, discipled followers of Christ, where they begin to prioritize their life around the things that God has said. And 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 when we and you need to know this, this is a grace filled process. We as a church don't expect you to be perfect. If you were perfect, then you would be the pastor. <laughs> Just kidding. I am the poster child for you, you don't have to be perfect. The point simply is, as we say, you know, we're all a part of the same hospital, just some of us got here sooner than others did, and we've had a little bit more time at it, and we're willing to walk with you through a process of of discipleship, and nobody starts out perfect, but it is a grace-filled process to discover what God has done in your life, and then discover his his design for your life, and and then begin to put that in productive service, and so I want to help people know who Jesus is, and I want them to become followers of Christ in a strong way, and I want to have a blast while I'm Doing the first two things—that uh, is so important to me, just to have fun. And twenty-six. Not that everything in ministry is fun. I've had awful, terrible, no good moments of ministry in my life, but I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to, uh, because I think God's a good God, and He's a fun God, and He's a God of life. And so, so that's all important to me. And we began this church, Acts chapter eight, verses five and eight. This is a foundational scripture for me. In verse five, it says, "Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them. He didn't preach." Anything else other than Christ. And part of the reason that he only preached Christ to them is because that's all there was. There wasn't church or denomination, there weren't worship bands, there weren't buildings, there weren't there wasn't anything other than a savior of this world who was sent by his Father God, who died on a cross, who shed his blood. He preached what Jesus did and connected that to an action. And it says in verse 8, there was great joy in the city. In between verse 5 and verse 8, the action was that they, they with one accord, they gave heed to the things that Philip preached, and, and they p- put it into their life. And as a result of hearing what Jesus did and what God did through his son, and then connecting it with faith, it brought joy into their lives. And many of you, there's that testimony that you heard, you're hearing what Jesus did, and you're connecting it with faith into your life, and it's putting joy into your life. And if enough people... People in a community, in a region, in an area will hear what God has done and connect it with faith and begin to put it into practice. It'll bring great joy to the city. And that's been my goal, my purpose, why we do what we do. It began with a simple belief, and that simple belief is simply there. Nope, not in that one. It's there somewhere. There it is, a simple belief that if we would preach Christ in a way that he would simply and effectively be made known and give people an opportunity to respond, there will be joy in this city. And so we've tried, and I can't tell you at times the struggle that it has been to stay true to that thought. That that thought that that if we could preach Jesus in a way that he would be simply and effectively known, and then given people a chance to respond, that there would be joy, and 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 we have at times had to fight in in, in a good way, if you will, and I, I you know, uh, we we years ago when I first started. Uh, uh, I sat down with a blank piece of paper and I was challenged. I heard was reading a book or listening to something and, and uh, they said, if there was nothing that, write down what you would do if nothing was impossible. Write down what you would do if there were no barriers. Write down what you would do if you had all the money you needed, if you had all the talent that you needed, if you had all of the resources that you needed. Write down what you would do if nothing is impossible. And I wish I had that piece of paper today so I could look at it because several of those things that at that moment in my time in my life were impossible to me, we've done as a church, we've done several of those. And one of the things that I said I would love to be able to do is, and this is kind of almost silly to me to even think about it now, but but at the moment it was it was bigger than I could imagine. And one of the things that I said I would like to do is to go on an FM radio station during the morning drive time and just remind people that God's out there. Just remind people that God loves them. Later on, I went to a couple of different radio stations that are in town, and I began to inquire, and I began to talk to them about the morning drive time on FM radio. And they'd say, you know, Pastor, that's kind of expensive. I said, yes, I know that. And then they would, every one of them, have you considered Christian radio? Yes, but no. I don't. I didn't want to, and this has remained the same. I didn't want to go on Christian radio. My feeling has been that the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ has spent far too much money evangelizing Christians. We're supposed to be evangelizing the world, amen. And so I, I, I did not want to. I, I didn't want to preach to the choir. And if and if I was successful in presenting a message to. Christians through Christian radio who would then come to my church. All I've done is dislodged people from one church and brought them into my church. And most of those people aren't happy people anyway. And I did not want to fill the church with unhappy Christians. I would rather have a sinner that's unhappy than a Christian that's unhappy. Amen. Sorry. That was for first service people. All right. All right. And then I did a short stint at Stearns County Jail, and that was real beneficial to me. And, and it was through joint jail ministry with Roy and Caroline <laughs> over here. It wasn't <laughs> had you for a second, didn't I? <laughs> it's the first time some of you engaged. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Joy, uh, uh, Roy and Caroline do a tremendous job ministering in the jail, and for years, for several years, I, I was with them and 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 uh, helping with that and being a part of that. And and I found out very quickly that that. Guys in the late nineties didn't respond well to seventeenth-century English words that are only used in church, and I had to, had to, I really had to force myself to think beyond that and and and, and try to explain what those things meant, and, and and it helped me as a communicator be able to share things that, that are sort of difficult to understand in a way that was understandable, it was relatable, and and, and that's and I've wanted to kind of live there on a Sunday morning. I I want people to understand without the Christianese, without the seventeenth century words what the Bible means. Now, I say all of those things to say something to you that that is is really central and core to my heart, and I I want it to be to this church, and I'm looking at the end of 2018. What would make us a great church? What would it be like if we were a great church at the end of this year? And so I I, I did something this week. We've been here a little over 26 years for We've been in this building here 10 years now, which is a long time. I know, 10 years. It's crazy to me that it's been 10 years in here. For, for the, for before that, 12 or 13 years, we were in the uh, uh, what we now what, what is now Kids Connection. That was the sanctuary. And so I stepped it off, and, and it's 113 paces from that side to this side, 113 paces that covered, in, in my kind of calculation, of about 20 years. In that 113 steps, this world has changed a lot. This is not the same world that it used to be 10 years ago, 12 years ago, or 20 years ago. It has changed tremendously. It's not, and I think we think we know this, but I don't think we think we know this as well as we think we know this. This is a different world. I am seeing things that I've never in my lifetime ever seen before. And I'm constantly asking, how do I respond to this? How do we make this work? How do we help people understand that there's a good God? The, the heart hasn't changed in 25 years. I, I still see people that are driving to work, and they hate their job, they hate their, their life, they're not happy with the way things are, had a fight with their spouse, or, or, or whatever it might be. How do we relate the goodness of God and the grace of God to people who don't think there is a good God that is out there? And I read something in, in, in uh, there was a report that was done Oh, where is it? Pew Research Center's 2014 Religious Landscape Study. And what they're finding is that fewer and fewer Americans are self-identifying as Christians. They check the box and none of the above Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, whatever they check the box, none of the above. They might be spiritual, but but they're not identifying as a Christian. They they may not be, you know, Christian in our understanding. And you know, there's other faiths that are there, you know, Muslim and 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 whatever, Buddhism and all these different things, but they're none of the above. And 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 really the after taking that all in, they came up with this statement that America is a post-Christian culture. That's different, non-Christian, don't confuse that. Non-Christian simply means that, that they're atheists or agnostic, they don't really believe in God. That would be a non-Christian nation. We're a post-Christian society. And the definition of a post-Christian society, it's not merely a society in which agnosticism or atheism is the prevailing fundamental belief, it is a society that is rooted in the history culture and practices of Christianity, but in which the religious beliefs of Christianity have either been rejected or worse, forgotten. In other words, the tenets of faith, the word of God really doesn't mean anything to them and chances are you're related to a couple of them. For sure, you know some. You might work with some. In fact, some of you have been in the nursery changing diapers of those who now check none of the above. They used to believe, but they don't anymore. Some of you know their parents, and their parents are, are heartbroken and they're scared and they're disappointed because they found nothing, they found nothing that, that really resonates in their life as it relates to faith in Christ. And, and, and uh, statistics are saying this is in 2014 that 23% of the American population identifies as a nun. 56 million people think that what you and I are doing this morning is totally irrelevant to their life. There will be people drive up and down this highway every day of the week with massive problems that only God can help them out of and think there's nothing that is relevant in their life in this building. And that number is not staying the same and it's not going down. It is increasing more and more. So you can tell somebody, well, the Bible says, and they could care less what the Bible says. You might as well be saying Webster. Actually, they have more, they're more impressed with Webster's Dictionary than they are with the Word of God. And this becomes an important thing for us to consider. This is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I think about. This, this, is, this, is, this is real for me. How do we minister the Word of God and the grace of God and the love of God to, to a culture that is increasingly either antagonistic or really doesn't care what the Bible has to say? And so for me, if 2018 is gonna be a great year, and I can stand there on December 31st and say it's been a great year, this will be a key piece of it. Because this is what I wrestle with. And this is what's important to me. And and I hope that it is to you. I, I, was, uh, I was listening to a radio station and, and just very, quick, <laughs> trying to say this very quickly, and, and, and there was a radio host and two pastors that were talking, and, and I kind of came in just on a, little bit of the conversation, and one of the, this is a local, this is right here in St. Cloud, and, and, and they said, it sounds like more and more, this is before Christmas, sounds like more and more people are saying Merry Christmas, and they were like, oh, this is awesome. Well, then one of the pastors said, 90% or 92% of Americans are going to celebrate Christmas this year, and you think, Well that's a good thing, man, people are, you know, they're, they're, they're expressing Christmas, and then they followed it up with about 50% of the people don't really believe the story of Christmas. Now, there's a lot of tradition around what we celebrate that you could argue with. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the virgin birth of Christ is kind of a big deal. You don't have a Savior. You don't have the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world if you don't have the virgin birth. You can't appreciate the birth of Christ and Christmas without the backdrop of the cross of Calvary and resurrection. You can't. And so if 90% are celebrating something that they don't even believe in, Or 50% are celebrating something that they don't even believe in. It's It's just a reminder that the world that we're ministering to is differently. And so I want you for just a moment this morning to look past the what's in it for me at Joy Christian Center. What do I get out of it? And look instead to what about them and Jesus said, I want you to lift up your eyes. In John chapter 4 and verse 35, he said, Don't you say that there's like four months and then it's going to be the harvest? But he said, I want you to know the fields are white and the harvest is ripe. And, 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 and I woke up at four o'clock in the morning for some reason thinking about this stupid illustration, doing it this way. And so, for whatever reason, I've always had the picture of a wheat harvest in my head whenever I would hear that. I was going to put it on my head. No. I had a picture of a wheat harvest. I was going to look like I got dandruff. All right, we're actually harvesting wheat right now. Anyway, I have a picture of a wheat harvest, and there's scripture that alludes to that. And I woke up one morning, and and this was like about 4 o'clock in the morning, thinking this thought, what if somehow during the night, during those four months, somebody switched the wheat to tomatoes? Now, it needs to be harvested, right? When fruit is ripe, when stuff is ripe, you harvest the fruit. You harvest the grain. But here's what I know. I don't know anything about harvesting wheat. Not a thing. I could have Googled it. I didn't. But I'm pretty sure that how you harvest wheat is different than how you harvest tomatoes. And if you try to harvest tomatoes like you harvested wheat, you're gonna have really, really dirty, chunky tomato sauce. It's not gonna work. I said, it's not gonna work. And so here's the question, Joy Christian Center. I think, I think (laughs) that this world has changed and we can't use the methods we used to use. The message doesn't change. The message itself will never change. There is still a God who loved us so much. He sent his son to die and shed his blood and he died on a cross, but he rose again and he's alive and he's seated at the right hand of God. He's ever living to make intercession for you and for me, and it makes all the difference in our life. That doesn't change. Now we can lament how it used to be, we could remember with fondness the good old days. We can complain about people who don't believe anymore. They're uncommitted. And I sometimes think, why should they believe when you and I who say we're followers of Christ, we don't even do it. Spend a month saying, let's reprioritize our life around what God has said. And we're like, okay. If we're not doing it, why should we expect somebody who's not a follower and believer of Christ to be like that? And so, what would 2018 be like? if it's a great year at joy. We've gotta adjust our sales. You and I have to adjust our sales. We as a church have to adjust our sales because the harvest has changed. There's no, there's no doubt that there's a harvest that is out there. but We need to figure out how to reach the harvest. As somebody one time very correctly said that if we don't do, if we're not willing to do what nobody else is doing then we will never reach who are who, who the people that aren't being reached. We've, we've, anyway. So, what would 2018 look like? The success of this year will be dependent upon how we, you and I, embrace two themes that came out over this year. Number one, and it's the title that's on your, that little handout, we are better together. Say that with me. I am am. better with you. (laughs) We're better together. We, we, we really are, as a church, we're better together. This is all about connecting. This is all about being a, Paul uses the analogy that we are the body of Christ. And Central Minnesota doesn't need a bunch of disconnected body parts laying around, but we need to be connected into a body, connected into a, a fully functioning group of people. The statistics that I read to you, I'm not disheartened necessarily. I'm certainly not afraid for the church because the church has been through worse times. I mean, think about how the church began. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ began as a bunch of fishermen, began as just a a random group of people. And yet Roman steel and Roman nails were not enough to stop the church. And 2,000 years later, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ stands tall and strong throughout the entire world. Woo! Devil's defeated so we need to be connected and and, and part of being connected and this is the second theme find a circle get in a row find a circle and get in a row. Circles are small groups, and, and it happens in our dream team, and, and and that's part of the row. To me, the dream team is the best of circles and rows because it's iron sharpening iron, but it's us working together, and, and we're doing something that makes a difference in the lives of others. We found out who we are, and next month we're, or next week, we're starting a series called Because, and it's about who we are because of what God said about you and about me, and it's the deal, it, it makes all the difference in our life the more I can know who I am. Because you'll always act like the person you believe yourself to be. I would not miss that if I were you. So get connected. Find a circle. Find a row. Because it's in that connection and that's where the strength and the power is. And and I want to remind you that this church moves at the speed of we. But there can be no we without me or without you. So what's God doing at Joy? He's trying to connect us together. He's trying to build us into a row and in circles that that there's strength and there's power that is there. So now that you know what God's doing, now that you know what He's a part of, it says again if we attend to what what He says, that's when we're the most blessed. In the book of Colossians the Apostle Paul said, whatever you do in word or deed sounds a lot like Proverbs, in all your ways acknowledge Him. Whatever you do in word, whatever you do in deed, do it as unto the Lord. You're doing it as a representative of Christ. You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're a representative of Christ to people who will never come into this building. You're going to rub shoulders, whether it's through hobby or whatever it is. You're going to be in contact with people who don't know a living God. And they're going to read it, and they're going to see it, and they're going to look at it because of you. And when you're willing to take that step of faith and say, you know what? I know this may not make sense to you, but my life's different. They can't, they can argue with me, and they can argue with God said, but they can't argue with you. And what you've experienced because of him. So, I want you to bow your heads this morning, and let's pray together. Father. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the privilege that I have of being called the pastor. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the vision that you put in us. I thank you that as we embrace that vision collectively that we become who you want us to be. And that, Father, there's a world that is out there that is so desperate and in need of what you have. And, Father, you've commissioned us as your representatives. And so, Father, I pray for this congregation of men and women this morning that they would embrace that goal, that they would embrace that, and that, Father, you would empower them and that you would speak to them so that in that moment that they hear somebody relaying something, that you would give them an opportunity to speak a word in season to the one who might be weary. And I thank you for that in the name of Jesus and everybody. Amen. God bless you, Joy Christian Center. Give Jesus a big hand this morning. Amen. Hallelujah.